Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. I also want to warn you, here's another very dangerous part of Easter. Some of you are thinking, this is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I know you thought this was going to be something else. You're in the right place. Now, for those of you that brought friends, family, and relatives, it's your fault. (laughs) Those of you who get offended, just go ahead and enjoy your Easter dinner anyway. Don't be mad at your relatives because they brought you here. They probably thought that I would do some sort of sedate, dull Easter message. (laughs) It's not going to happen. We're going to make, listen, we're going to follow and we're going to be part of the word of God. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. I don't ever waste time with the pulpit. I don't waste time with it. We're here to preach the word of God this morning, so be ready. Luke chapter 24, verse seven. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Now for most Christians, that's it. They emphasize it every Easter and never talk about it again. It's part more of Christian rhetoric than it is actually part of Christian theology. And so we talk about the resurrection, and there's absolutely no practical application of it. What we do is we wait for our one day. This is why these one days actually drive me crazy. Some of you might wonder, why is it that Foundation Church doesn't do some sort of helicopter Easter egg drop? Why I'm not in a special suit and tie? Because every day is Easter for me. Every day is Resurrection Day. It's not just one day. Here's the reason why is because, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't mean to sound haughty. It's because I understand what the resurrection means to me personally. Now, what does it mean to you personally? If it's just to prove that Jesus is the Christ, you're off track. I'll show you in a minute. Why was Jesus raised to life? Why was he raised to life? Was it for our sins? Don't answer any question out loud this morning yet. Was he raised to life for the forgiveness of our sins? Let's look, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. So was he raised to life For the forgiveness of our sins. I do not see it there. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Once again, I do not see it. He was not raised to life for the forgiveness of our sins. Romans chapter three, verse 22 through 25. 
This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. And still don't see it. Did you see in any of those verses that we just read, and I could go on and on and on and on. Please don't, Tom, but I could. Did you see raised to life for the forgiveness of our sins? See, one thing that we fall to in the church is we lump Scripture together when it's meant to be specific. We lump it all together. We'll break that down in a minute. What is needed for the forgiveness of sin? For our sin debt to be removed. Put that in national debt ways. You know, we have, if Joe Biden continues on the way that he is, a month will now we'll have $32 trillion in debt. Imagine having all of that debt removed, sin debt. What does it take for that debt to be removed? The answer is a spotless, perfect atonement. Let's look at that. Old, Old Testament, Leviticus 6, 6 and 7. And he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord, a ram without blemish from the flock, with your valuation as a trespass offering to the priest. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he shall be forgiven for any, of, for any one of these things that he may have done in which he trespasses. So a ram without blemish, a spotless offering, a spotless atonement. Was the ram raised to life? In the Old Testament, when they brought the spotless lamb, the spotless bull, the spotless goat, were they ever raised back to life? The spotless lamb right here, Leviticus chapter six, was it raised back to life? They offered it, but yet the sin was taken care of. Was it not? So the sin is gone. The trespasses were removed. It's blowing apart some of your theology, isn't it? First Peter chapter one, verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God? Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Everybody's seeing this this morning. If you're wondering what it is that I'm reading to you because the modern church has no idea, it's the Bible. Most Americans have no idea what the Constitution says and most Christians have absolutely no idea what's in this book. If they did, they wouldn't follow Jesus. <laughs> you're welcome. John the Baptist said this in John chapter one, verse 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ is the spotless atoning sacrifice. But there was no need that I see right here for him to be raised from the dead. Was he still spotless? He was spotless, right? He was sinless. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. 
But yet it doesn't put any, any emphasis on being raised to life when it has anything to do with sin. Otherwise, you would have seen goats, rams, turtle doves, bulls raised to life if the atonement of sin needed resurrection. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. That is all because he's a spotless lamb. So why was he raised to life? What was the point? Don't you wanna know why? See, the reason why Christians struggle and the reason why I have a friend of mine sent this to me this morning, he does this to me all the time. He's up in Michigan right now, the People's Republic. (laughs) He sent me a picture of a church that's quote unquote open for Easter, but if they put on their main sign, without any shame, you must wear a mask. And this may not sound very Resurrection Sunday to you, but they can take their masks. Their vaccines and their vaccine passports and shove them right up their cabooses. I don't know if you saw my Facebook post this week, but there will never be a requirement to enter any building that I'm pastoring for the vaccine passport or the well health safety seal that they're peddling new that might as well be the mark of the beast. Not going to happen here. Not going to happen any any church that I'm pastoring ever in life. But this is why, because people don't truly understand the Bible. That is why they closed without any hesitation whatsoever. Last last Easter was weird, man. We were it. This place was full. It's fuller now, but it was. We only had one service. It was full. And we were the only thing open around here at all. And we, without, listen, there was absolutely no mitigations whatsoever. You tell me that I need to mitigate, I'll not mitigate just to spurn you, just to put it in your face because God sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'll mock you by not mitigating. Plus, I don't think that a blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled believer who has raising from the dead power on the inside of them needs to be scared of a virus with a 0.1 post-infection death rate. You're welcome. This isn't very Eastery. I don't care. Every day is Easter for me. Every day is. So why was he raised to life? What was the purpose of the resurrection? A lot of Christians think it was to prove who he was. You know, that goes back to Abraham and Isaac. Why why was it exactly that God had Abraham present Isaac as the spotless lamb? Why? Was it so that God knew? I know that's what scripture actually says, now I know, that I'll just put it in my own words, that now I know, Abraham, that I'm most important to you? Didn't God already know that? So why did, he know, why did he put Abraham to the test and say, you know what, I want you to put your son on the block and cut him like a bull? Why would he do that? It was for Abraham. 
so that Abraham knew that he cherished God above all men. So why is there, God didn't need to prove who Jesus was. He did that with miracles. How many more miracles can the guy do? Including resurrections. How many more resurrections can Jesus do? He raises Lazarus from the dead, clears out all the flute players and heals the woman, raises the woman from the dead. I mean, raises the, the woman from the dead. Did I get that right? The girl from the dead. How many more resurrections can the guy do? Was it to prove who he was? He did that at the cross. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Where's the resurrection in that? That's the prophecy of Christ. Where's the resurrection? It's a grievous error. Now, have you ever broken down those, that verse right there, Isaiah 53, 5? Have you ever broken it down line by one line? Because it is a grievous error inside the church that we lump Scripture together and we think it all means one thing. It doesn't. Let's break that down. He bled. He was wounded, quote, wounded and bruised for our sins to be removed. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, right? To present us holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Colossians chapter one, verse 12, you're wondering where that's at. What does unreprovable mean, by the way? If he presents you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight, what does that mean? What does unreprovable mean? Uncorrectable, wouldn't that be nice? uncorrectable in his sight. He was chastised for our peace. Guys, turn me down a little bit. I don't know if, it, is it me too loud or is it just, is it me that thinks that or is it just, is it just me? Am I hearing myself more clearly than I usually do? Okay. I'm afraid that I'm gonna start screaming. That could happen at any minute. All right, Aaron, it's Aaron's fault. Everybody turn around and look at Aaron right there. It's his fault. So he was chastised for our peace. Does anybody even know what chastised means? See, what we do is we look at this scripture. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes were healed. And we think of that all. Well, that's salvation. And we lump it all together. What does chastised mean? It means that he was severely criticized for you. Punished for you, rebuked. He was reprimanded for you. For what purpose? For our peace. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He was criticized so that you could have a sound mind. Understand, understand the path to the cross, the cross itself, and the resurrection. Listen to the next part. His stripes bore our healing. His stripes bore all of our sickness, illness, disease, and infirmity. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. 
Delineate between these things so that you know who you are. That is why 99% of churches are closed worldwide. And you know my stipulations as far as open. You are not open if you're masked. You're not open if you never actually said I was wrong for closing. You're still not open because the anointing of God is not on you. This is why the church closes so easy because they don't study to show themselves approved. You know, Isaiah 53, five simply means salvation. No, it doesn't. He bore your sins. Yes, they're gone. But he also gave you power, love, and a sound mind. He also bore all your sickness, illness, and disease. Tom, are you saying that we never have to be sick again? That is correct. Ever. That's why the church closes so easy. You never have to be injured again. He bore that for you. No, that can't be. See the unbelief? Do you see it? You probably sense it already. No, Tom, don't talk about unbelief. I'll talk about anything that's in the word. Whenever there was an expectation of the miraculous and it did not happen, Jesus blamed the unbelief of people. You dare preach that inside the church today, you'll be thrown out for heresy. You'll be thrown out of most churches for preaching the Bible and they'll say that you're a heretic. So he's wounded for sin, chastised for peace of mind, stripes for healing. Why was he raised from the dead? Don't worry, I'll tell you before you leave. (laughs) What was the purpose? What was the end game? Romans chapter 10, verse nine. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's kind of important. See how smart I am? You can tell I'm college educated (laughs) because I found that to be important. If you, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So why was he raised from the dead? Here's the answer. Ready? It was for you and for you alone. A lot of you don't, still don't know what I'm saying even though you said yep. It was for you and for you alone. I'm gonna show you this morning. It's in Romans chapter four, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins. <sighs> They're gone. You believe that? See, I don't struggle with guilt. Anybody else? Not at all. And I've sinned as much as anybody in this room. I don't struggle with guilt at all. You can try to bring it up all you want. People can, I was pretty much raised in this town. I've been here since the seventh grade. People know what I've done and who I am. I, when it, there was a couple of my high school friends, or high school, she was way out of my league, so she wasn't my friend, but... <laughs> And he was two years younger. They both were two years younger than me. We were here last week. And I think of when I see high school people that I knew come in here, I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) The the tales that they could tell. But see, none of that bothers me at all. I don't struggle with guilt. He's removed as far as the east is from the west. He was delivered over to death for my sins. It's actually disrespectful to feel guilty. Just let it go. You're like, even if you sinned five minutes ago, yeah, I let it go. If I turn from, if I'm not living in it, I let it go. Now, if I'm living in it, I'm gonna go to hell anyway. So you might as well feel guilty or enjoy yourself. Those are your two things. 
Those are your choices. But he was delivered over to death for our sins. But he was raised to life. We're still at Romans chapter four, verse 25. And he was raised to life for our justification. Everybody hear that this morning. That has nothing to do with your sin. He was raised to life for your justification. He was delivered over to death for your sins. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed your transgressions from you. Psalm 103, 12. They're gone. But he was raised to life to justify you. You, not himself. He, he, did not, he was not raised from the dead to prove who he was. He was raised from the dead to prove who you are. You still don't get it. I'll show you. Some of you, you're, you're, you should see the expressions on the faces that I'm seeing right now. Like, what are you talking about? He was raised from the dead to prove who you are. We have the only faith where our Savior was raised from the dead. We were the only ones, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not the Dalai Lama, not Gandhi, not L. Ron Hubbard. They were all shocked in Scientology when he never came back. He ain't coming back from the worm-ridden hell that he's living in right now. Unless he's found some way right before he died to call out to Jesus. We're the only ones that have a risen Savior. We're it. That justifies you, believe it or not. Now, most Christians reject that power. I'll get into that in a minute. Most Christians reject it. They'd rather live as diet world, barely saved. I'm basically the same as everybody else, except I claim the name of Jesus and I show up to church on Sunday, if that. Romans 4, 17. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. You're the only one who has that. This is to justify you. It's got nothing to do with justifying God. He doesn't need it. He didn't really need to do the resurrection. He's already justified. He's already proven. Just look at the Old Testament. He's already proven. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. Listen to his personality. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. Of, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After, after he died and was resurrected, he was seen by over 500 people to want, at once. They had a meeting twice as big as this one. In Jesus, the risen Savior was in front of them all. Facts. It's documented fact. It's historical fact. He stood in front of 500 people at one time. Those aren't the only ones who saw him. We are the only faith that has it. It proves you. It makes everybody else a false prophet. It's not for him. Matthew chapter 27, 51 through 53. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. And the graves were opened. How many people thought that Jesus was the only one on Resurrection Sunday that got up out of the grave? And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. There's all kinds of dead people walking around fully alive. And get this now, and coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the city. 
You're like, hey, we're back on earth for a little while. Let's party. Let's go back in the city here. Let's go see our relatives. Imagine that. Hey, mom. You've been dead for 30. Hey, good to see you. How are things in heaven? They're great. We're going to slum it down here with you for a day. And they appeared to many. This justifies you. It's got nothing to do with him. It was all for us. He was delivered over to death for our sins, but he was raised to life for our justification. Philippians 3, 10 and 11, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Does this testify to the modern church? I know this is radical and it shakes up your Methodist, Methodist ideology, Baptist ideology, Church of God, Assembly of God, Catholic, Lutheran. That's why you need to dump all of that. Take it and throw it in a dung heap and believe this right here. This will be how you're judged anyway. You will be one-on-one -on -one with God and this will be how you're judged. Dump everything else. Doesn't matter if you do this. God doesn't care. You're welcome. Told you, it's not my fault. It's your relative's fault for bringing you here today. <laughs> God's not gonna go, oh, wait. And I was raised Catholic, like I told you. I can say anything I want about Germans, Irish, and Catholics, because that's what I am. I was raised that way. God's not gonna go on the day of judgment, oh, whoops, you're Catholic, so I'm gonna judge you according to Catholicism. He's not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. For I am the Lord, I change not, Malachi 3, 6. He was, it was all for you. He was raised to life for our justification. Nobody else has a risen Savior but us. The resurrection makes you different. He doesn't need to be different. There's all sorts of people that are vying for souls today even. There's all sorts of religious people right now that are in church with their masks on, fully vaccinated, and cannot wait to get their vaccine passports. There's all sorts of people like that today in church. They don't, they don't have that resurrection power, even though they label themselves Christians. Not to mention all the missionaries from the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, the Hindus, the Islamic faith. You're the only one who has resurrection power if you believe for it. You're the only one. It makes you different. You have raising from the dead power on the inside of you. How many of you believe that? Because the Bible says that you do. Imagine bowing your knee at the feet of Anthony Fauci when you have this verse right here. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Why would you ever bow to any sort of sickness, illness, disease, or infirmity, ever? Why would you, I would never, I have the, I have the spirit of God who raises Jesus and all others from the dead. It makes me different. Now, I'm judging your faces right now. You're not supposed to judge. That's because you don't read this. 
You think that. Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. John chapter seven, verse 24. Jesus said, judge. You therefore have no excuse. You have passed judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself because you have passed judgment. Do the same things. Romans chapter two, verse one. It's only wrong to judge if you're doing the same things. <laughs> Otherwise, you should be. That's why the church is so powerless. is because they don't follow the word and they don't know the word. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And they are destroyed. The church in America and around the world is an apocalypse. That's why we need to be resurrected and we need to understand. Listen, hope is not gone. Everybody can still repent. You know, most Christians aren't repenting right now from following COVIDology. Why not? I mean, today I counted up. I had it wrong on the podcast. I was off by 10 days last night. <clears throat> it's day 384 of 15 days to flatten the curve. 384. And Christians still think it's about a virus? You see around the world, they're advertising your well health safety seal to put on every building. You might as well put the Star of David on every building. Doesn't, doesn't rivet people's souls? It rivets my soul. J-Lo's pushing it. Robert De Niro. Well health safety seals on people's doors. They're destroyed for lack of knowledge. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, get ready. Don't be shocked. When you drive around Venice and you drive around Inglewood and you see well health safety seals on all the churches, the love of most will go cold. <clears throat> but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. The love of most will go cold. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three. It should be riveting souls, but Christians look at it. Well, I'll say, that sounds nice. What do we do? What do we have to do to get that? It's a well health safety seal. How do we get that? Pastor Skinny Jeans says. That sounds nice. How could, it, how could there be anything evil when it's a safety seal? How could there be anything wrong with that? I don't know. You ever read your Bible? Vaccine passports? are gonna be fact in England very shortly. They're fact in New York City. They're fact in Hawaii. They're fact in Denmark. They're fact in Israel right now. Fact in China. Israel calls their past the same thing that China does. It's called a green pass. This should bother you. Now what does that mean? Does this mean that we just cave? No, it says, James chapter four, verse seven says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, which means actively fight against in the Greek. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine, that's what he wants. It's up to us to occupy. It's up, up to us to fight. It's up to us to buy this generation years of time. You can. You can buy this generation years of time if you decide to fast and pray and stand up and get that lie off your face. 
And don't get me at the door. I know some of you have to wear them at work. I get it. I'm talking about the virtue signaling, ankle grabbing collaborators that walk around with them on for no reason, thinking they're saving the world. You can't save the world when you're wearing a chain link fence trying to keep out an ant. Graph after graph after graph will show you the worst places on earth are the places that are most severely mitigated. Highest death rate per, for per million per 100,000 are all those with the most severe mass mandates and lockdowns. Why? Why would that be? Because, listen, the World Economic Forum hates you. The Great Reset hates you. They hate humanity. These are the people that are absolutely fine with butchering the unborn to 60 million per year worldwide. And they're talking about COVID? COVID? 60, I want you to tabulate that over the last 10 years. That's 600 million people. And they're talking about COVID? 600 million since 2010? 610 million to be exact? And we're talking about COVID? All those souls under the altar of God crying out for vengeance, watch out, those who believe in that Klaus Schwab. Tell them talking about saving lives and your compassion. We see the compassion at the border now, right? Speaking of chain link fences. I'd rather have, you know, everyone was crying about kids in cages. I'd rather be in a cage that has air in it than the plastic incubators they put everybody in now. All for, all for some sort of political stance. Political stance how? I'd rather have holes that at least I can stick my lips through. <sighs> and none of that now in those incubators, and they're jam-packed full. They're a bunch of liars that hate people. That's why they butcher them in the womb without hesitation. Well, that's a political stance. Not ask God. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Ask him whether he thinks that it's some sort of political stance to pull out a baby piece by bloody piece out of a mother's womb. Ask God if that's a political stance. Thou shall not take a human life. Exodus chapter 23 through 17. You don't take human life. That belongs to God. You have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, which gives you raising from the dead power. The resurrection was for you and for you alone. It was not for God. He doesn't need it. You have his anointing. You have the power of resurrection. Now, what do we do? This is Matt, I didn't give you guys these verses. This is Matthew chapter five, verses 11 through 16. Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. See, Christians will walk away. Blessed are you when people insult you. Do you know what people call me? People are not, you know, we have, we have a person assigned on the podcast to ban people. I told you last year, and I heard Jeff telling you before the service, we had TV cameras set up. 30, 30 to 40% of this church had left. They gone. Most of them never came back. They're still out. They're still sitting at home right now. Sitting in the very home that you're 70% more likely to catch COVID than you are anywhere else. 
sitting at home right now going, oh, I'm standing in Romans 13. And what they should be saying is, man, I'm dumb. I've reached galactic levels of stupidity. Praise you, Jesus. That's what they should be saying. You're worried about being assaulted? That's why a lot of people wear masks. They don't believe in it. They don't believe in it at all. I won't listen. Nobody comes up and says a word to me. Not a word. I've not had one person say a word to me about wearing a mask. I don't know if it's I put out a vibe. I don't know if I smell. I don't know what it is. Nobody comes near me and says a word. Excuse me, sir. Can we offer you a mask? Now, I had to go visit a friend of mine in the hospital Friday, Good Friday, and he's in the COVID unit, although he never had COVID before he went in the hospital, but I won't get into that this morning. Maybe I will. No, I won't. But anyway, (laughs) so when I get there to the room, I just walked in. Now, at the hospital, they meet you at the front door, and you can't get in without your temperature taken and a mask on. So I have to go in there. It's their property. I have to go visit my friends. So I went in there. Had my mask. It's the only time I've ever put a mask on is when I've been at Inglewood Hospital. So I go in, put a mask on. I just walk right into the co- Now, listen, they've got him in the COVID unit, which is always funny because he was diagnosed with COVID 26 days ago. Why are you still in COVID unit? How's that possible? COVID lasts 10 days. So there's 16 days over any possible spread. But they've got in his, I told you they hate people. They've got him in a COVID incubator too. They've got plastic, a big thick piece of plastic, two pieces put together with magnets. So you have to split the veil to walk into the hospital room. So I go waltzing in there, and I just got the cheapo mask they gave me at the door. Well, the nurse comes in, and she was a COVID Nazi. I was in the same room. Nobody cared before, but now COVID Nazi comes in. You can't be in here like that. And I'm like, like what? And that mask, okay, we'll go outside. You got to put a gown on. You got to put an N95 mask on. You got to put a shield on. And she says to me, she goes, you know that he's a COVID patient, right? And here's my quote, ready? I said, I don't give a crap about any of that. And she's like. That's my Christian cuss word, crap. That bother you? I don't know what to tell you. As far as I go. Crap or bull crap. I'll do both of those. So I don't believe in any of that crap. She's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I said, no need to apologize. I said, I just don't believe in it. I don't care. I said, I said to her, I don't care. What, I don't care what's in there. And I said, but, and I said to her, I gave her my whole rhetoric. I said, how is it that he has COVID when he was diagnosed, diagnosed 26 days ago and COVID only lasts 10 days? Well, you never know. <laughs> that, well, that's great science. <laughs> Thank you, expert. <laughs> so they stick me in that stupid outfit. I can't even see because my hot breath is, is fogging up the shield. I'm like. <laughs> looks like Michael J. Fox in the movie Back to the Future when he dressed up like Darth Vader. That's what I looked like. Where the heck was I at preaching? Oh, yeah, here we are. <clears throat> Blessed are you when people insult you, 
persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. If you can't stand up to that, just go join the Democratic Party. If you can't, just go, listen, don't renounce your faith, don't become a Christian, and stop being one. If that, if that's what, if that is how you measure your life is, you know what, I am loved and I'm a successful Christian because nobody insults me, nobody persecutes me, nobody speaks evil against me. I told you this last week or the second service, I can't remember which, but when we have our family re- reunion in May and it's coming up, there's a lot of us there, I'm hated in that place. Hated! Fervently. They should actually make a statue to me and burn incense. They have so much passion. Hated in that room. Why they invite me, I don't even know. I told you, when I walk in there, it will be that Darth Vader music playing when I walk in the room there. Is everybody else, I, you know, my, what's gonna be funny is, is if everybody's masked there. Is here come the light, please. Woo, boom. Hello. Hey, Tom, you know, can we get you wear a mask? Hey, you know what, I got a spiel for you. Take your masks. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, like the modern church, but to be thrown out and trampled under Anthony Fauci's feet trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You have the power of resurrection. Nobody else has it. If you've never thought of that today, repent. Go home and memorize Romans chapter eight, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies and anybody that you touch. You're welcome. That's what you have. Yeah, but COVID, who cares? Who cares? It's a call to action. There's no point for anybody else but you. They're wasting it. If, you, if you're not operating in the power of resurrection, what's the point? If you're not operating in the power of the truth of God's word, what's the point? What are you winning people to? Their gods aren't even real. The resurrection proves who you are. Ephesians chapter four, seven through 10. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to the Father. He gave gifts to you and me. There's not a soul in this room, saved or unsaved, who is not gifted. Tom, they're not gifted unless they're saved. Yes, they are. They may go to help with them. They may never use them, but before he formed them in the womb, he knew the lost. He know, I don't know how God bears it. 
Narrow is the way and few find it. Matthew chapter seven, verse 13 and 14. I know it. He knows every soul that is burning for eternity in hell. He knows them all. How he bears it, I don't know. He's God. His thoughts, his ways are above mine. Isaiah 55, eight and nine. I don't ponder those things too often. But he gave gifts to you and I. Don't waste your life. Better's one day. You're like, I've wasted so much time. Welcome to the club. Stop, stop being a boo-hoo 13-year-old girl. I've wasted so much time, so now I'm just gonna waste the rest of it. Just, just go sign up at LA Angel. It's right over here. Go sign up and be the 13-year-old girl that you're acting like. You're welcome. Just trying to help you. Some of you, that's what you need. You, uh, uh, coddling hasn't worked. It, for about a week and a half out of the 16 years I pastored this church, I tried to be nice. That didn't work either. It doesn't work. Just tell people the truth. So he gave gifts to us, verse nine, Ephesians chapter four, verse nine. Now this, he ascended What does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He paid the price in hell for you and I, so we never have to go. But he also went down to hell to fully redeem us so that we could be gifted. You're gifted, not God. He doesn't need to be gifted. They're his gifts. You are now gifted. That's why Jesus was resurrected to gift you, to prove you. He could have just left, listen, it was enough for our salvation that he died. But it wasn't enough for us to spread the gospel. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You had to have the resurrection for that. It's never too late either. It is never too late. Psalm 37, 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly destroyed, for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. You're not utterly destroyed. Are you breathing right now? You obviously are, because if you weren't, there's a couple cops and some nurses in here that we would be tending to you right now. So I'm looking around the room. Everybody's breathing. It's not too late. You're not utterly destroyed. Well, gosh, I'm in my 70s. Who cares? God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Romans eleven twenty nine. Here's the verse that I already mentioned, Psalm 84, 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Why wouldn't you take advantage of today and run with it? You're gifted, you are called. You, Jesus was raised from the dead for you, for you to share his light throughout the world. It's not good enough to have a Jesus fish Bible, Bible cover and a bumper sticker on your car. You need the power. And all you have to do, this is a faith covenant. It's a faith covenant. Therefore, since you have been justified through faith, you have peace with God through, through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Romans chapter five, verse one. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, Romans 5, 2. So you've accessed everything by faith. All you have to do to have power today is believe for it. I have resurrection power. That's why. I never knew it. I thought it was because God had to prove who Jesus was. 
No, it was for you to be powerful. That's it. Doesn't need anything else. Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Listen to this. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Ten minutes to go. Everybody with me? Are you sure? Some of you don't look like it. I'll, I'll, you guys do the best you can to fix your relatives after they leave here. Don't have them call me. <laughs> don't waste your justification. Don't waste your validation. Most Christians are so firmly entangled in the affairs of this life, they're not winning a soul. They want to operate in power. You can't operate in power if you're a super soccer mom. Can't. You don't have time. Too busy with fruit roll-ups and juice boxes. Yeah, but they're my kids. They shouldn't be number one. They should be number three. God, spouse, kids. But in America, the ideology is it's all for the kids. Now, let me clarify something because I offended a whole lot of ladies in the church last time I said this. <laughs> When I say cut all your hair off, <clears throat> I offended a bunch of ladies at the River Church saying the same thing. So let me clarify. I'm not talking about stylistically you made your hair shorter. I'm talking about you no longer care what you look like. I care what my wife looks like, just so you know. And by the way, wives, I'm not the only one. There's not a man in this room that doesn't care about how their wife looks. Just keep that in mind. Not a soul. So spouses should be number two. But in America, it's perfectly fine. Would a wife, oh, you know, we've, we've put out a couple puppies now. Let me just hack off all my hair. Because it's just too much of a pain. I just don't want to do it every day. I got a lot to do. Got to fire up the minivan. Got to get them to this practice and that practice. Quiet, honey, Quiet. I don't know where the romance is anymore, but we don't have it. <laughs> Great. What, a, what heaven on earth you're living in. God bless your husband. <laughs> Woo! I'd love to trade places with that guy. <laughs> listen, I know that I'm fat, but listen, the only reason why I'm not a Jerry Springer episode is I care what my wife sees in me, too. forklift guy you know they break down the wall come there the saws off call the wall comes falling down the forklift comes in under his bed beep beep and they drive him off to the fat camp i'm not kidding that was a jerry springer episode the guy couldn't get out of bed he was the whole bed So I, pr I make sure that I move around and lift weights so my wife is interested <laughs> instead of just having to overcome. <laughs> oh boy, all right. You guys know what I'm talking about. I'll leave it at that. There's younger people in the room. Just trying to help you. But that's the order it's supposed to be is God first, spouse second. Kids, find the time for them. Believe it or not, that honors them. When you put them on a pedestal, you spoil them rotten. 
That's why we have what we have. That's why Antifa's all over the street. You know, the, the average income most Antifa kids are actually from wealthy families. Just been spoiled rotten their whole life. You know, the little tiny ones, they're about 150 pounds soaking wet with rocks in their pockets, throwing rocks at people, breaking windows. They're spoiled rotten kids. Their whole life, their parents, oh, oh. I told you from day one, I, didn't, I never watched a cartoon because my kids wanted to watch it. I watch what I want to watch. I didn't sign my life away because they wanted to play every sport. No, thank you. I, I you know, pastoring this church, pushing a police car around all week long, and then I'm gonna go from Saturday, you know, I was working details too. There's cops in this room. They know what I'm talking about, working extra details, Saturday and Friday and Saturday. And then I'm gonna go drive around all day Saturday at, to go to some soccer fest? No. I tell you, we really wanna play, no. But lo and behold, both of my kids are saved. And all the other kid worshipers, they're not. Watch yourselves. Put them in the right, put them in the right perspective and watch what happens. Don't waste your justification. Don't waste your validation. Don't waste his resurrection. I'll finish with this, five minutes to go. Ephesians chapter five, 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live. What does that mean? What's the deep analysis of this? Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Are they not? Look at the world that we are living in right now. Look at the world. But don't waste who you are. Jesus was raised from the dead to give it to you. We're gonna finish with this montage of scripture. Be ready, I'm gonna put, spout it out like machine gun fire. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. You are given the resurrection to prove you, to call you to action. What are you gonna tell God on the day of judgment? I'm saying, you're, I'm saying you're heaven bound. You can do absolutely nothing. As long as you're not living in sin and your sin's accounted to you, you're going to heaven. You don't have to win souls to go to heaven. We're not Mormons. Jesus paid the full price for your sin, past, present, and future. Your, your sins are washed away. Unless you go back into a lifestyle of capitulation to sin, you're going to heaven if you're saved today. And you can go to heaven never winning a soul, which is why you have Revelation chapter 21, verse eight, where God will wipe away every tear from your eyes because people will be disappointed of what they were called to do through his resurrection power, from whom much is given. The raising from the dead was given for you, from whom much is given, much is demanded. You're not called to be mom. You're not called to be coach. You're called in the gifts of God, which are listed in numerous places in scripture. You're welcome. You should see the looks that I'm seeing right now. I know it's disappointing to find out that Americana is not the answer. Haven't you noticed that it's not with the void that you have on the inside of you, wondering, you know what, I've had the kids, I've got the cars, I'm even saved and there's a void. I'm saved and there's a void, how can that be? Because you're not living in resurrection power. You're supposed to, listen, this, this life is supposed to be full of power, romance, adventure. Not settling into the doldrums. What does doldrum mean? A windless sea. Come home, go to work, come home, stare at a box, go back to work, 
Come home, stare at a box, go to bed, go back to work. Come home, stare at a box, go to bed, go back to work. It's not what it's supposed to be for you. Tom, you mean I, I, I may have to lose and not have my job or, or my priority? Yeah, your priorities should change. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is, people are stunned. Christian, what, you know what we do inside the church? It's got nothing to do with the message. This is all bonus and this is for free. Here's the thing. What we do inside the church is we turn the church into a marriage and baby factory. Let's get you married off. That's why you don't see me set up anybody with squat ever. Oh, yeah, really? I know somebody for you. I don't do that. Basically, everybody, I think my streak is, or my percentage is, out of all the people that I've married, I think 10% are happy. Is that a, oh, that's right. Heather's one of them. That's right. I, that's right. I forgot about that. You got married in my backyard. So that's not the answer. The answer is living up to what you've already attained. Therefore, he says, we, he, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4, chapter 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The spirit of who? Resurrection. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. He's the one who gives the gifts. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for everybody. You're supposed to be gifted in sharing it with everybody. What do we usually share? Our personalities. Who needs that? You're like, well, people like, I get it, people like you. That's great. But you're supposed to be sharing the power that you've been given. People should be coming up to you saying, this is what ails my body, or this is what ails my mind, and you solve the problem. That's what resurrection was for. Paul said, I'm finishing with this, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with, demonstra with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now I'm gonna use his last three verses, last four verses, worship team, make your way. I'm gonna show you how you're supposed to live. Are you ready? Finishing right here. This is in Acts chapter 28, three through five, three through six. Four verses and we're leaving. This is how the Christian is supposed to live. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, this is after they were shipwrecked, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, Let's put, it in, let's put it into <clears throat> Florida vernacular, or Florida imagery. It's the equivalent of a diamondback rattlesnake biting. That's how severe this viper was. Dead man, you're dead. Maybe even more deadly, like a black bomba. But this is what, put it in Florida. Whenever I see rattlesnakes, I mean, I, I can't help but stare at them, but I'm scared. This thing fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. That's how we're supposed to live. Now here's how the influence is supposed to be. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ 
and maketh manifest, makes known, maketh manifest the sovereign's knowledge by us. You don't pray the Holy Spirit by us, who the Holy Spirit lives in, by us in every place. What is that that makes manifest the sovereign's knowledge? They smell God because of us. That's how it's supposed to be. Verse six, and finishing here. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. I'm not saying seek after being a God, but people should marvel at your power. In the second service, I'm gonna get into how the church should be looked at today. If you wanna watch it, watch it. We'll be coming on somewhere around noon. I'll be, we'll be live. Get on a little bit before that if you want to watch or stay. We'll figure out a way. But that's how the church is supposed to be. That should be your life. That's why Jesus was raised from the dead. Does everybody get it today? Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.